Welcome to Hail to the Podcast, brought to you by Maze and Blue Review. We cover Michigan sports over on the Rivals Network, which means you can find us at michigan.rivals.com. Good to join you as always. We're here to talk about Michigan football, kind of the offseason sort of beginning. Obviously, they have the college football playoffs still ahead, but the transfer portal is open and rumors are flowing. Uh, offers are being extended, visits are happening, etc. So we'll get into some transfer portal targets and conversation and maybe some uh, NFL discussion as well about where we think some guys may be leaning in terms of their decisions. Uh, we'll talk about Michigan returning from their one-week break and beginning practices for that Rose Bowl game against Alabama. And then, of course, God forbid we have a quiet weekend. Nope. There was a little bit of a dust-up and some rumors this weekend around Michigan basketball and Juwan Howard. We'll give you uh, Josh Hensky's intel from the weekend on that and get into that. So, speaking of... I am joined, as always, by our Intel Insider and publisher, Mr. Josh Hensky. How are you doing, brother? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm tired. My my kid every so my kid started kindergarten this year. Every like two to three weeks, he comes home with some illness. He's sick for like two hours. Me and my wife are sick for like a week. So, and now I'm just I'm just tired. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I'm sick nonstop now because as soon as I get over whatever the hell he brought home. I get something new too, but anyway, but I always love complaining. So I've got that going for me (laughs) Uh, in an actual room today. Instead of a closet, we are joined by Mr. Brock Heilig. How are you doing? You look comfortable. I believe you're in a chair. Yep. And I got a chair this time. Not not sitting (laughs) on the floor. Uh, Feel much more comfortable, ready to go. This is a long break. I I don't like it. Uh, I I do appreciate the, the, quiet time in in december but I'm, I'm ready for some football that's for sure quiet time huh <laughs> yeah. yeah josh today we were like oh yeah signing day <laughs> so we uh got some of that prep too we're we're going to have a podcast uh later this week with uh our recruiting coverage guy I can't remember what we call him. I always call him recruiting coordinator. That's not it. But <laughs> recruiting reporting. Uh, Seth Barry will come on and we'll do kind of a signing day primer to go through. Obviously, Michigan's class has largely been complete since the summer, but a lot of guys are going to be signing. And we'll, we'll talk about the dudes that are signing some early enrollees, what we expect in terms of that and bowl practice. And then there are a couple potential flip targets including obviously the big one gatlin blair bear dang it I, I was on a good stretch there been a couple episodes i said his name correctly but there you go gatlin bear but uh yeah we'll we'll have that posted so make sure you're liking subscribing and doing notification bells on the youtube channel so you know when we go live with that podcast you're like this one as well and then if you are with us right now feel free to hit up the comment section have a conversation in there or ask us any questions as we go through these topics of conversation. We'd love to have you be a part of it. All right, let's dive right in. Like I said, uh, the transfer portal is dominating the college football world right now because the four teams looking forward to the college football playoff, obviously have a few weeks to go and the portal's open and it's just insane. More players than ever. Uh, At this point, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I believe it was more than 50% of starting quarterbacks this year were already transfers. And it's looking like that's just going to be a trend that continues with the amount of quarterbacks jumping into the portal. And we're going to start with that. So obviously Josh, the, the big question for Michigan will continue to be JJ McCarthy, whether he elects to return to Michigan for his senior season, 
or pursue the NFL draft. Um, we have not heard Michigan's name tied to a lot of what I would consider guaranteed starters or like surefire starters, like some of those maybe one-year gap guys that we thought. Uh, we have heard Michigan's name tied to a former five-star recruit from the area, Dante Moore. We'll get to him in a second, but I just kind of want to lead off with, I don't think any quarterback transfer portal conversation can happen without what we're hearing in regards to JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah, his, his decision for, for next year is going to be, you know, big and it, I'm not really exactly underselling that either. I mean, that's, uh, a huge piece of the puzzle that, that may or may not come back. I, I still think, I think he comes back. I don't know, obviously for a fact, if he, if he is or not, but, um, I, I think he could probably, the way I look at it is, you know, would you rather be a, you know, fourth or fifth round draft pick sit for a year as you get seasoned, or would you rather go back to Michigan for another, for his last year and develop you JJ? Yeah. Fourth round pick. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's a first oh, round you're guy. Crazy. Oh man. You're I don't crazy. think he's a first-round pick right right now. No, I, I can't remember which mock draft I saw today had him at seven. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's I wild. I think he's back half of the first round with potential to play up, but I don't. Yeah, yeah no don't later than the in. second round, in my opinion. Yeah, you're wild. That's crazy. Okay, second. To, <laughs> all right, second to fifth round or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a plug-and-play guy and 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 forget yeah. about it. I mean, so either way, you're going to be talking about him developing a year. So would you rather him develop a year under someone or come back uh, for for his final year and and play? You know, so we'll see. And, and you know, for, for his decision, too, it doesn't exactly help that he had a ton of guys come back last year to to do to run it back. So they've kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily set a little bit of a standard, but I mean, there, there is that, you know, notion that, you know, guys want to come back and finish what they started. And I don't think JJ's in a rush to leave either. I mean, I don't think he's a, um, I don't think he's in a desperate, desperate place to leave Michigan and, and come back and, or, uh, and, and go and get, and get the NFL money or whatever. Um, I think he's perfectly happy at Michigan and, um, you know, there's just so many moving pieces to it. And obviously what Jim Harbaugh decides to do too, uh, is also plays into that as well. I mean, if, if, if for whatever reason he doesn't, he goes to the NFL or, or whatever, I mean, not expecting that either, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it, that also plays into it too. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of factors that still play into it and, um, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here because um, I expect that decision to come pretty quickly whenever Michigan season's over. I mean, hopefully it's at the you know the first week of January, but um, yeah, I, I expect that decision to be to come pretty quick. Yeah, I think it's more of a Michigan decision than it is an NFL decision, if that makes sense. Um, I think JJ has thought very highly of the players that came back this year. Um, I think he thinks very highly of Michigan in general and just the entire college experience. And for him to be able to come back and kind of take the torch and be a captain, right? I know this was his team this year. He wasn't named a captain because they weren't naming 
anyone but seniors, but to come back, be a captain, take the torch and then kind of pass it on his own. Right. I think, I think that's a big part of it. You know, the last game of the year against Ohio state, you didn't really see him taking in that moment as if it could be the last one. You know what I mean? Like there, there wasn't that awareness that I think probably could have been there. So um, I, I do think, he could be a potential top 10 pick. I think he's probably in that 20 range. Most likely. I don't think he cares about that part. Obviously coming back, he could be a number one pick. Like that's kind of the idea is if he comes back next year, you know, he doesn't have Kale Williams, Drake may, maybe he's the number one pick next year, but yeah, I think it's more about feeling complete at Michigan. So like you said, Harbaugh is a huge factor. And then maybe winning the natty changes the perceptions yeah. too. I don't know. Yeah, That would have, that would play into it as well. They win the national was, championship. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think a lot of it depends on what happens in the college football playoff this year. If if Michigan loses in the first round again, then I think it's a lot more likely that he'll want to come back and, you know, redeem himself. The problem there becomes, though, that everyone came back for this 2023 season and, and it was one of the more talented Michigan teams in a long, long time. I'm not getting too far ahead of myself here, but the 2024 roster probably isn't going to be nearly as talented as this year's team and you're not going to see a whole bunch of guys come back with with the sole purpose of winning a national championship like this year so i do think if michigan wins it this year i think it's a lot more likely that jj will go if they don't he'll probably he'll probably be more likely to come back i think a lot of it depends on what happens in these next few weeks yeah it's weird because i don't know if i mean we've talked about this season all year as if it's like the closure of this three-year window, 21, 22, and 23, just feel linked in so many ways because of the players and just the way the seasons have rolled out. Um, people thought 22 was going to be a step down too as well because of some dudes that left. I think I think we could be surprised by guys that come back, and I do think they have a really loaded sophomore class that we know will be back. So I do think this roster has a chance to be better than maybe we expect. Plus, as we're going to get into here with the transfer portal, Michigan last year, did such a great job of, I don't want to say plugging holes, but adding competition and talent and experience in areas where they were lacking. So, you know, going into next year, if there's spots where we're like, man, they just don't really have the experience they've had in the past. I, I trust Michigan to go find those guys, even if it comes in the spring, which Michigan might have to be more active in the spring because of the fact that they're playing in the playoff. We'll have to see, but um Josh, as far as quarterbacks in the portal, like I said, we haven't heard about some of the names we thought we might. The, the name we've been hearing a lot, though, has been Dante Moore. And, and for those who don't know, obviously, Detroit kid, uh, I think Harbaugh offered him, was it seventh or eighth grade? It was a big story when they first offered him. So literally recruiting him for like five years. Um, and then towards the end there, he chooses Oregon. And then Oregon's OC leaves to be the head coach at Arizona State. Uh, Dante Moore ends up at UCLA and plays as a freshman, um, does not play great, which I don't think is a huge knock. There's a reason a lot of freshmen don't start. And and we talked about this during his recruitment too. Like this idea of having a priority of starting early doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, right? Like, so now it sounds like he's kind of recalibrated. We've heard about, you know, him caring about development and being behind a really good offensive line and, and that pull to come home might be there as well. But it sounds like it might be Michigan versus Oregon again, even though they took Dylan Gabriel, the uh, Oklahoma transfer. It, it, Dante Moore, again, we're not looking at a guy to start next year. It, it looks like he's looking at, I'm going to spend a year behind, whether it's Gabriel at Oregon or ideally JJ here, 
mm-hmm. but come in, be about a part of a program for a year, kind of reset. And then if it is Michigan set up for a battle in 2025 with freshman Jane Davis, that's coming in. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. I mean, Michigan and Oregon have very similar quarterback situations right now. If you consider um, JJ coming back, I mean, obviously you've got one year holdovers in both Gabriel and, and JJ. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll kind of, it's, it's, it's a wait and see right now with, with Dante Moore. I'm not completely sold that he'll end up at Michigan, but um, I know they'll definitely be in the mix. Uh, surely they'll, they'll, they'll receive a visit. I know last week, he kind of um, last week was was final, so he was kind of in the process of of figuring everything out and, and getting through getting through finals. And then this week was going to be spent um, making visits. So I've had a couple of messages out, and I'm kind of waiting to hear back to see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll obviously see. I think he's. I think the, the the big thing with Dante is that, yeah, he's absolutely not looking for an opportunity to play right away. I mean, yeah, he would like to, I mean, if it's there, then, then sure, that'd be right. good, but he's made it abundantly clear that he's perfectly fine with coming in and developing for a year and then, um, you know, figuring it out from there. So, you know, if you're Michigan, I mean, you'd absolutely would take a look at him and, and um, you know, see if there's a, there's a fit there. And I, I do definitely think there's a fit, um, I think, you know, a relationship with, with Kirk Campbell is, you know, a lot could be a lot more constructive than what it was with, with Weiss. And, and obviously what Harbaugh ends up doing in, I, I don't, it's a question that you kind of have to ask at this point, um, what he ends up doing at this point, will kind of play into it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware, I mean, Michigan's going to get a shot here. Um, I would not be surprised if Ohio state got a visit. Uh, but yeah, I think Oregon is interesting because yes, they just picked up Dylan Gabriel, but he's a one year holdover. So that shouldn't play an impact on everything. And and it appears that Oregon doesn't have any, uh, bad feelings towards Dante with, with, you know, the, the last second flip to UCLA last year. So, um, We'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping to get a better sense of, you know, when the potential visit would take place. Uh, I do know that he wants to get it done kind of quickly. So, excuse me, I expect this decision to be wrapped up rather soon. But, um, you know, I think if he's there and he's available and he's interested, I mean, if you're Michigan, you have to reciprocate that. And, um, you know, if you've got a guy, if you can add that kind of depth to your, your program and um, let the guys duke it out after, after next year, because you're obviously heading into the year expecting JJ to, to, to be the starter if he comes back next year. So, I mean, there's really, I mean, they, they might have special packages for, for Dante through the year if that's what ends up happening. But um, this is, this is JJ's team and it's abundantly clear and that there's, there's no uh, gray area there. So, um, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I would, if, if I were Michigan, I would absolutely take him. I don't really care what, what happened during his recruitment process. Um, you know, that he, he learned, a I guess a, a, a good lesson that, you know, it's, it's hard to be a quarterback, you know, you're a stud, you're, you're a stud quarterback in high school and you can, you know, do pretty much anything you want to on the field. And now, you know, things are kind of, uh, kind of turned around and, um, it's, it's tough. It's not easy. So I think, yeah, a year of development will probably do well for the kid. And 
he's he's he knows that and you know that shouldn't be a hurdle if you're Michigan in, in terms of wanting to pursue him. That's really interesting. I was under the impression that as a former five star, Dante Moore would, you know, be looking to go somewhere where he could start right away, but I didn't realize that you know, the option of, of waiting a year behind either Dylan Gabriel or JJ McCarthy, whoever it may be, was really on the table for him. I figured he'd want to go in and, and, and play right away. And, you know, a lot of these guys are looking to get to the NFL as soon as possible. So he's, I'd figured he'd want to put as much on tape as he could, but I guess not. Well, and part of it is, I, I don't want to get into the, I don't know what term I want to use here, but I don't want to get into the drama part of this too much, but I don't think there's any grudges like Josh said from a Michigan and Oregon perspective, but I do think when you're a top QB recruit, as much as the school is pitching you, you're pitching the school too, right? Like you, you have that kind of leverage. That's what's happening with Bryce Underwood right now, right? Dante had that leverage the first time around and I don't, and he just does it now. Yeah. Right. So now what's happening is Michigan's like, Hey, we're, we're back to what we told you before which is we're not going to promise you anything. Come into the room, learn, develop. This is what our plan is for you. This is the kind of offense we're going to run and what you can play behind, et cetera. And I think Oregon's probably in the same spot, right? We heard all the rumors about what Oregon was offering during the recruiting cycle. That's not happening this time, right? So, and in terms of finding that spot, Brock, like you're talking about, some of the schools we heard about originally, like a Florida State maybe, they're not looking for a guy that's going to play for two or three years, right? They want the one year guy, <laughs> you know, we're seeing Oregon and, and Washington and some other, I know Nixon, uh, Michael Penix came back, but Florida state's probably going to go get DJU, right? A guy that started for a few years that they think they can just plug in right away and still keep their own recruits, which is what Michigan's saying too. We're not going to impact Jaden or anything, <laughs> right? We just want you to join the room. So it's just kind of interesting how that dynamic has changed, but that's why I'm for it. I think it's an ideal situation at this point because of the the position he's in now to come in and be a part of the culture and be a part of the room, not be guaranteed anything. And if you're telling me JJ's back and you have Dante Moore and Jaden Davis, I mean, imagine back in 2023 when they're still recruiting Dante Moore, if I told you there'd be a 2024 where you have JJ Moore and Davis, you'd be ecstatic, right? So with everything that's happened, it's an ideal situation. We'll see. I I'm torn. So I, I could see him going to Oregon. I do feel like Michigan might be in the driver's seat right now because home might be pulling him forward, but we'll see. Uh, Kyle asked Josh, you've brought it up on Harbaugh stay or go. Um, my favorite question. <laughs> I know. And I don't even want to talk about the contract part of it. Um, but you were very right in 2021. You were very right in 2022. Um, I, I I don't see a scenario where Harbaugh is leaving this year. I know there's the NCAA element and that whole event, you know, the investigation and still the contract talk or whatever. Um, but in 2021, he was telling recruits and stuff outright <laughs> that he was going to look at NFL options and that doesn't be, appear to be happening this time. It just, I, I know the guy's not going to not do his job, but it's it just, to me, it feels like he'd be coming back. We're not saying he is for sure. Cause like we've said a million times, every one of these clickbait articles that come out tells you Harbaugh is interested in this NFL job or this or this. 
they're lying because unless you're Jim Harbaugh, Jack Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, or Sarah Harbaugh, you don't know what Jim Harbaugh is thinking. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of the wild <laughs> card in all of this because you can have, you know, someone from the athletic department say, Oh, hey, we feel really good about this happening, but you know, it's it's not what it's not coming from Harbaugh. That's the thing. Like it's not coming from Harbaugh's mouth. So it's kind of the the big wild card in all of it. Um, but I think, I think he, I don't think he stay or excuse me. I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think he goes. So, yeah, James, I was, I James McCarthy, fourth round pick, Jim Harbaugh gone. It, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's right. it's um, right. it, you know, I, I, I don't think he goes anywhere. I was trying to combine two thoughts into one and then it just, good, buddy. just jumbled a mess. Um, yeah, your average fan, Nick Baumgartner says he's not even sure his wife knows. Yeah, I mean, probably no, probably no one, no one knows, and it's true. <laughs> but those inside Michigan's athletic department feel good that it's going to get done, and I stick by what they think because nine times out of ten, they've never steered me wrong. So I usually just tend to go with that route. I, I. It also you have to also assume that the NFL wants him. And yes. I don't <laughs> I I mean if if the NFL really wants him, you wouldn't have these cursory like this the these hey hey how you doing? This is the Panthers. How you doing? If the NFL um, wanted him, he'd be gone already. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I mean he it's been gone is, in 2020, he would have been gone in 2021. I mean, and it has like nothing last, to do with Harbaugh. It's the NFL. It's the last seven. This is the last seven or eight, nine years of, of this every year. Even Brady Hoke had an NFL rumor once upon a time, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> it, 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 I, I just, I don't, I don't think hey, he goes. Brady Hoke just retired. San Diego state. Fantastic career. Yeah. Congrats, <laughs> congrats Brady. But um, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it happening. You know, you got Michigan offering him eleven, twelve million dollars. Um, you know, will will an NFL program or excuse me, franchise pay him that plus I don't give him some sort of control? I I don't know, man. Nope. I just I don't know. I, I don't know. It's the control part. It's, the owners are have more control than they ever have, the GMs have more control than they ever have. Um well, here's the thing, too. I want to answer your average fan here. Did the Broncos offer him last year? No one has offered him a job. That's the thing. No one has offered him a job. It did the the Vikings job wasn't offered to him. It was not. I mean, it was probably expected to, and then things kind of went south. But the thing is, no one, no NFL program has offered him a job to think about leaving. That's the thing. So it's like, yeah, these NFL teams are calling or, or uh, people related to the NFL are calling, but none of it is serious. None of the, the talks of serious. And I know last year too was a big, oh, the Raider. No, last year, two years ago, last year. I don't know. I get them all confused. The Raiders the Ra- were a big the Raiders thing. have been after him since he got on the plane. Right. The Raiders, Raiders are, are still, Oakland like, still oh, watch out. I expect the Raiders to announce Jim Harbaugh on Monday. No, that didn't happen. Yep. It's it's a lot of it has to do with whether Harbaugh where the NFL wants him. 
And I don't know the NFL wants him. I think they're kind of done with him, to be honest with you. I mean, he's been out of the college game for no, so long. You did not miss the transfer portal talk, Mark. We just got derailed yeah. <laughs> talking about JJ and Harbaugh. <laughs> yes. Yes. So hey, I, here's I an idea. Know. I wonder Let's if Bill Belichick retires. And Ryan Day. Harbaugh goes <laughs> to New England and the Patriots draft JJ McCarthy in the first round. Yeah, and you, then Tom Brady, then Josh, Tom Brady can be head coach. Josh, you scoff, but if I'm the New England Patriots, don't I want a New England guy like Ryan Day to come be my broker? Uh, sure, sure. Funny. Good luck no, with that. In all seriousness, then you'll, though, then you'll have but... a soft football program too. So. <laughs> oh, go grab your toilet paper. It's right here next to me. I didn't move it. I forgot. It's totally. It's been sitting here. <laughs> No, that real quick on Harbaugh, and then we'll we'll get back to transfer portal stuff. The the NFL is a much different league than the one he left, and they are hiring inexpensive coaches, young coordinators that will let GMs and owners stick their nose in. I mean, you look at what was happening with the Houston Texans. We heard that the GM and the owners were literally like on the radio, impacting fourth down play calls. Jim Harbaugh is not going to that league. Right. It's just not happening. So, and then the owners we've talked about too, the 49ers, the York family has been bashing Harbaugh every chance they can since he's left. That is a country club that you can get kicked out of and not get back into. And that was the deal with the Vikings thing. I'm convinced it was like, sure, bring him out. Cause the, he had the tie to the new GM. It would take something like the Panthers and Bron- uh, Broncos. The reason the Broncos were interested was because you had a new ownership group who came in thinking they were going to make a splash and spend all this money, which they ended up doing with Sean Payton. And then you come to the next part of it, which is going to be, how is the roster built, right? Like the 49ers was a good situation for him to go to, right? And then the impact on his family brought that up too. his family situation's great. He's got his whole, excuse me. He's got his whole family here. The chargers is the one gig that kind of makes sense to me. Cause Sarah's family's out there. They're from that area and they'll never pay him. So I think Harbaugh's back. Um, and I, and I think JJ doesn't have to consider that in his decision. So that's where we started was <laughs> quarterback transfer talk, JJ, and then, uh, Dante Moore. So the, the next position that I put on here is kind of a, a, a transfer portal wish list potentially was running back. Now we know Blake Quorum is heading to the NFL. We know Donovan Edwards at the beginning of the year, very, very much so wanted to head to the NFL, um, yeah with the season he's had, we're not necessarily sure, you know, now he's probably fourth to sixth round pick, you know, where he leans. Um, and you've got Benjamin Hall and Cole Cabana who redshirted, but two really good players. Kalel Mullings potentially comes in and, and takes on a bigger role. And then your freshman class, Jordan Marshall and Micah Kapana. But, you know, early on, we heard that Michigan was potentially going to talk to Trevor Etienne. Uh, who's looking like he's not going to leave the South, probably probably yeah. a Georgia league, like a, a big pickup there. Um, do you think Donovan Edwards coming back and, and, and CJ Stokes, before I forget, CJ Stokes is in the transfer portal. That was when we knew uh, was coming, very similar to Matt Hibner, kind of made the decision earlier in the year. He's been a valuable contributor to the team with the scout team, but he's had turf toe on both feet which just sounds miserable <laughs> and wasn't able to get to the field. But um, yeah, he's a great kid, great family. Wish him the best, obviously. But Josh, do you think Edwards staying or going potentially impacts Michigan's 
activity in the portal or is it maybe kind of like what we saw with corner last year? They go into the spring and then if they feel good coming out of it, they stick. And if not, maybe then they look for somebody. Yeah, I think personally, I think probably the spring would be, would be better. You know, I'm, I guess it depends. Yeah. It, it really just depends on what Donovan does because if Donovan goes, you know, now you have kind of a need to, to get at least someone with experience there because they like having three backs. Um, so it, it really, I think they could probably get away with probably waiting until the spring and just kind of seeing what you have. If no matter which way, really, like if, if Donovan goes, you say, okay, well let's run with what we have and see what happens. Cause obviously if, if Kalel comes back too, which, you know, Mike Hart has openly said he expects him to come back. Um, there's that. So a lot of it, yeah, it's probably going to depend on what Donovan does, but at the same time, I could see them adding it on top of what they have with Donovan. So, um, do I think Donovan should come back? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I think he should, but what they do from there, I don't know. I mean, they haven't really prioritized that position like they have on, like they have on a number of positions on defense. Um, you know, they haven't really offered anyone, uh, on offense, really, really. And just offense in general, they really haven't really offered anyone except a couple of wide receivers and, or no one wide receiver. And and that's pretty much it. So, um, we'll kind of see, I will, a lot of this will be figured out once Michigan's season is over, whenever that is. So we'll kind of figure it, we'll kind of figure it all out. Um, a lot of dominoes still kind of, a lot of big dominoes have to, have to fall first, but, um, I could see Michigan waiting until the spring to kind of address, um, that kind of stuff. And, and maybe even later in the process when, you know, someone like a Josh Wallace later with down the line also comes in. So, um, I don't think they need like a multi-year starter out of the portal. I think that's gravy if they do. But maybe a, a grad transfer, you know, a one or two year guy would be would be enough to kind of hold over for the younger guys to catch up. So, um, you know, a lot of it is wait and see. Uh, I think there'll be far more early action on defense, but we kind of expected that because there's just they're going to lose so many guys on defense that you kind of have to, you know, you, you see the writing, see the writing on the wall there to address needs. So. Um, yeah, a lot of it's just kind of, kind of just a wait and see. I think waiting until the spring is the right move, but the problem then becomes, in my opinion, Donovan Edwards will go. I think he's, he's going to the NFL. The problem then becomes you really don't have any, ex, any, uh, experienced explosive players. Khalil Mullings is a great back. Trevor, you've mentioned he gets five yards every single carry. Just to power, like, I mean, he, <laughs> he never goes for negative yards, and he's always falling forward. And, and he's just a big body, like six six two two twenty something like that. He's, he's a big guy, and you know he's a guy who who can get you positive yards, four, five, six yards, and and keep moving the chains. But you need, at some point you need some sort of explosiveness, and unless you unless you see something out of Ben Hall, Cole Cabana, Jordan Marshall, or Micah Capana in the spring, then yeah, Michigan might need to, you know, go to the portal and, and find a more explosive guy that, that can go in there and fill that role. But um, obviously that all changes if, if Donovan does come back. 
I, I really like a one-two punch of Donovan Edwards and, and Kalal Mullings. I think that's a, a really, really solid running back room. Obviously, obviously not Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards or, or even Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, like we saw in 2021. But uh, I do, I do think waiting until the spring is the right move and then kind of assessing where you're at with those four young guys and see, see what it looks like uh, with Kalal Mullings probably being the lead back there. Unless, unless a guy like Ben Hall really, really steps up and, and takes over. No, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Edward's decision matters that much to me. And, and the reason why I say that is even if he comes back, look, the, he hardly did anything all off season, right? We, we talked about that going into the year. We talked about both him and Blake having not just the physical hurdle, but also the mental hurdle hurdle, excuse me, to get over. Blake looked like he did in a lot of ways. And, and Donovan just really never did. Right. So I, I think another off season would be good for him, but I still don't know if he's he's RB1 next year. I think he'd still be in like an RB2 role and they'd use him in the passing game, if not as much, probably more than they have. I'm hoping they use him more in the playoffs to begin with. Um, but I think he could be in a similar role next year. Like you said, though, it's not a talent issue in the running back room. It's experience. I think Mullings has potential to be a Haskins type back. Ben Hall, obviously, if healthy, looks really, really good. We, you know, Cole Cabana, we didn't really get to see. I think Jordan Marshall's good enough as a freshman to contribute, but to come in and be like, hey, we we're we've got a guy to do 250, 300 carries. I don't know that you have that. So going through the spring and, and seeing how you feel might not be a bad play, but I also wonder if they're fine going with three, four, or five-headed committee approach, if you will, right? And they also have you know, wide receivers you can use on end rounds and such too. But I hope Donovan comes back. Um, it just feels kind of like a not unfinished, but like there's just more for him to do still after the way this year played out. I really like that running back room though. I really do. I'm very high on Benjamin Hall. Um, I think Mullings, if he comes back, would be really good. And I'm very I, I've said all along, I think Jordan Marshall's the best running back in this class. So I would be shocked if he's a contributor um as a freshman. Josh, you brought up wide receiver, and the one player that Michigan moved on pretty quickly was, was Donovan McCulley from Indiana. Yeah. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like 60-something, or maybe I do, 60-something catches, 600 yards, six, seven touchdowns, something like that. Really good season. He's a big body outside receiver. We know Cornelius Johnson will be gone, and we're kind of back to the talent and experience conversation. Yep. We've been waiting for Darius Clemens to break out since he got to Ann Arbor. I still think he has the potential to do it. He's got all the tools. But a guy that got, what did we say, Brock, four or five targets this year? Like, you, yeah. you can't count on it. You hope yeah. he does. But this has been Michigan's strategy. You bring in an established guy like McCulley, who hopefully pushes Clemens. Your dream scenario is they're both good, and you have both of them. And yeah. Clemens does kind of come out of it. Um, and then, if not, you've got the established, experienced guy. Yeah, no, I, I love McCulley. I think he'd be a great, great fit at Michigan. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I know he's taking a, a visit to South Carolina, I think, this weekend. Um, have not heard much regarding Michigan um, just yet. I know, obviously, that they offered, but um, I know there's a couple of names on their list, too. So uh, they're definitely looking for that bigger-bodied receiver, that, as they should, because they don't have very many Um 
you know, obviously Cornelius was the the big one, and and I think they could do bigger than than Cornelius too. I mean, um, you know, he's he had a decent size, but they could they could afford to go bigger in that in that position. So um, obviously losing Roman too, you, you gotta you gotta have some experience there, and um, they don't have much uh to speak of i mean which isn't necessarily a bad thing i mean obviously you've got samaj back which you can kind of step into that roman wilson-esque role um you know early flashes from frederick moore and and uh, carmelo english a little bit uh so you know there's there's some there um but yeah i mean adding a adding a lengthy receiver on the outside with experience like mccauley would be a great fit uh i just don't know if it's going to happen um, but I do, I'm not, I'm not expecting, but I am assuming they will add at least one wide receiver, uh, there at, at some point. I don't know whether they, they might just defer into the spring again, or they like someone enough right now to bring them in. So, um, you know, if you can land McCauley, uh, that's number one on the wish that's list. A that's, a, that's a huge fit. Yeah. Uh, great great pick but um i expect them to at least get someone out of the portal that they like you know so again it might be a running back thing where that we say hey you know they might just defer into the spring and kind of see what happens but yeah i think that's something that they don't mind addressing right now too yeah that seems like a, a really big area of need johnson's gone i think everyone assumes roman wilson's going to be gone and if if darius clemens doesn't take that next step then you're you're sitting there like like Josh kind of mentioned, you got Samaj Morgan, and and he he's clearly been the best best of the three freshman receivers so far, and and Tyler Morris, and after that it's it's pretty thin there at receiver. So getting McCauley would be huge, um, and and yeah, it's they're gonna need to pick up at least one, if not two, just because you're gonna yeah. lose you're gonna lose two of your biggest contributor your, your your two biggest contributors at receiver. And of course, you bring back Colston Loveland, but uh, in terms of, of receivers on the outside, it'd be looking pretty empty there in, on the depth chart. Yeah, without a, a Clemens step up or a guy like that being added, Colston Loveland is your big body receiver. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because yeah. the thing is, this is kind of similar to the running back situation, but not because Jordan Marshall, again, is one of the top running back recruits, right? Ben Hall and Cabana were pretty, I know we've told Ben Hall's story, but at this point, good recruit, right? Samaj Morgan, English, Fred Moore, they're all kind of similar players, right? Tyler Morris can be that Ronnie Bell Z receiver. And even the guys coming in, Amarian Stewart, Shannon Goodwin, they're all kind of similar receivers. It's really that big body guy that you need. And again, I still think Clemens can do it, but when, when he hasn't yet, it'd be really interesting to, to not add a player of that type. It's the one spot where Michigan's recruiting. I mean, obviously given the way they play, getting a guy like Clemens was such a huge deal yeah. because they, they just don't play a kind of offense to attract it. And this is the first year where it's starting to feel like, okay, maybe, maybe this is going to start to become an issue. And honestly, one reason I didn't love moving Amorian Walker over to corner yeah, I yeah. Mean, and, and don't get me wrong, he, he could be the starting corner opposite next year, but I don't know. I'm I'm not a coach. They they wouldn't do it if they didn't have their reasoning. But 
man, having a six, four receiver over there <laughs> would be nice right about now. But yeah. um, a lot of questions about defense. Like Josh said, that's been the the top spot. I think of the portal. We're going to get to that next. I've got one more spot we want to talk about. So, so don't go away. We've got defensive line, linebacker corner conversation coming. Uh, but, but the offensive line, we saw Michigan last year, bring in three transfers who all started at different points during the year. Um, the year before that, obviously you bring in Olu Oluwatimi. This is a deep room, right? And, and depending on who comes back and doesn't transfer out, like the numbers are massive. But again, we keep talking about experience, right? Like do, do they have the experience for this offensive line? How do they feel right now? We know they offered, oh, I'm going to butcher, it's Chase. Basantis. Basantis, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a freshman at Texas A&M that started all 12 games, right? So that that's a huge kind of guy to pursue. So like Josh has said, in terms of admissions, right, a freshman grad transfer, that's usually the ideal situation. If you're getting a freshman that started 12 games in the SEC, though, like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, and again, coming in, they have five offensive. I mean, they literally have their next offensive lineman. Left tackle through right tackle. We kind of know where everybody's going to be slotted. Um, yeah. I think Andrew Sprague's the the left tackle of the future. I think he's the best left tackle prospect they've had in a while. But for next year, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, Keegan and Zinter technically have COVID exemptions. I don't think we expect either one of them to come back. Um, Trent Jones and Carson Barnhart can come back. And then uh, Miles Hilton. Miles Hinton can come back as well. I think Nugent is the only one that has to go, if I remember correctly. But yeah. But that being said, I, I mean, I don't think we expect, like I said, Nugent and, or excuse me, uh, Keegan Zinter. I mean, Zinter's probably still a first round, second round pick, even with his injury. But yeah. anyway, what, what what do you think with offensive line? Same kind of thing? Like if the right guy's out there, or maybe wait till spring and see how they go. Or yeah, I think if the right guy's out there, I think you could add someone. Um, it surely looks like they're going the tackle route, just kind of bolstering their tackle numbers. I think they're they're happy with uh, with their centers and their guards. Um, I think you know Greg Crippen is probably going to be your guy next year at center. Um, you know if you and if and if Jim Harbaugh was to to be believed during the offseason and during training camp. Uh, Crippen was close to beating out Nugent for the starting center job. So whether you want to believe it or not, um, it kind of shows that they they think highly of Crippen. Uh, and it's going to be a battle between Crippen and Raheem Anderson next year. Or, yeah, next year for, for the starting center role. So um, it really looks like they want to address the tackle. I mean, obviously, Basantis is a tackle. Uh, he's the only really the true uh, target that I can see. And obviously nothing has been settled in regards to a, where he's going and B visits he's taking. So, um, again, it could be, yeah, wait for the right guy to see what's out there or, or swing for the fences for a, for a stud guy out of the portal and then kind of see where you're at during the, during the spring. Um, you know, because there's going to be plenty of new faces, but, uh, We'll kind of see. I think. I mean, it's it's still it's really early in the process. I mean, this this thing is going to go on for another like thirty days or so. I, th- I believe it's like a forty five day window, if I'm not mistaken, thirty to forty five days. So, well, and that's just to enter, right? Like, yeah, guys can yeah. stay in the portal for yeah. The- well, if you're a grad transfer, you can leave whenever you want. So, that's true. Yep. That's yeah. Too, so yeah. It, it's kind of a you know it, it's it's an ongoing process, but um, 
yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes, but it definitely looks like, you know, the, the tackle position wants to be addressed. I don't know if they're, I don't think they're desperate to address it. I mean, they've only added one offer on the, on the, on the whole thing. So it's not like they're going down the list and just offering yeah. everyone that they can, they can want. So. Well, and if um, you get even two of Jones, Barnhart and Hinton. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they probably, they probably will. I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I probably would see Hinton, Hinton coming back. Trente maybe, maybe would want to go see if he can get, find something more, uh, more solid. But I mean, he looks like he'd be slotted right in at right tackle at the ne- next season. Anyway, could be left tackle at this. Yeah. Point. Or, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's just his versatility. He can play anywhere on the yeah. line. So, um, I mean, you'd have to assume that they get more back than they lose. So again, it, it's, a lot of these questions will be answered once their season. That's a good goes. call too. I keep forgetting about Andrew Gentry. He's that's like, yeah, they like Gentry a lot. They yeah, like Gentry yeah. a lot. And in terms of uh, his projection after his two-year mission trip, he's going to be coming into his third year yeah. in the program. Like, yeah. but again, talent, experience, whatever. But Brock, what, what's your thoughts on the O line? Uh, Matt and Eric had my thoughts exactly. Caden Green. Uh, I believe he was a freshman Oklahoma yeah. entered the transfer yeah, portal today. Yeah. I think he's a tackle. Um, yeah. He, and I'm pretty sure Michigan was yeah, finished second or, or they were all over him uh, in high yeah. school. So if Missouri was better the last cycle. They probably would have went to Missouri. And I, and I honestly yeah. wouldn't be shocked if he ends up there now because they're just, they're firing they're on right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. but that's a good call out of the, out of the portal too. Yeah, somebody asked. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Brock. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, you guys, you guys were all over it. Uh, you know, Crippen's gonna start at center. You got El Hadi, who credit to him, man. He's been waiting his turn for forever, and he's finally gonna get it next year, assuming East. you know both both Zinter and Keegan will go. And and this is this is where it's gonna help Michigan. Harbaugh said it before the season started. They had ten guys, or maybe it was Sharon Moore. I can't remember. Uh, someone said they had ten starting caliber guys on the offensive line. And, and there's, there is a chance that Michigan loses its entire starting line before next season. And, and I don't think there's really any area of concern among the staff just because they have so much depth there at that position. You got guys like Andrew Gentry, Raheem Anderson, all these guys up front. And, and plus if they go to the portal, it's, it's, it really shouldn't be too much of a concern heading into 2024, even if they do lose, all five starters on the line. And, and real quick, uh, Darren talks ball asked this question. Want to stay on the transfer portal, but asked about this year's offensive line class. Um, I think it's incredible. Uh, Michigan has been trying to build this blue wall. They've been talking about it since Harbaugh got here. I remember 2016, they, the few guys they were going after um, this group again, already I can just go down the line and say like, I do think Andrew Sprague is, is the best left tackle prospect they've had in, in a very long time. Like I, I expect him to be the next great tackle. I know that's unfair, high expectations, but they're there. The dude's six, eight, 300 already incredibly athletic for his build. Um, I, I think he's going to be a monster on the right side. It's probably Ben Roebuck playing right tackle, another six foot eight monster. <laughs> um, again, I, I feel like I'm going to put way too high expectations on people here. I think Blake Frazier, the dude reminds me of Zach Zinter, man. And I, yeah. I think he's going to come in and play right guard. And you got Jake at center. And, oh, my God, 
Luke Hamilton, probably playing left guard. That's your starting five, whether as sophomores or juniors. I wouldn't be shocked if those five dudes at some point are all starting at the same time as one group. So coming in and contributing as a freshman is hard. It's really, really hard on the offensive line. I wouldn't expect it, especially with the room being so deep already. Um, But if they get really questionable at tackle and they can't add somebody, I wouldn't be shocked if Andrew Sprague gets on the field. I mean, that the the dude's a monster. So that class is crazy impressive. I mean, when Josh and I were doing more recruiting focused podcasts, we were talking about whether or not they would take Bennett Warren. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's how good this class is. And I, and I think you'll see a couple of them at least starting as sophomores for sure. So, all right. I always lead with offense and I feel like defense gets put on the back burner, but we, we got to talk defense. Cause like Josh said, that's where a lot of the activity has been um, defensive tackle. Just, <laughs> What a group it's been this year. I mean, we can't say enough. And Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant are back next year, as well as Rayshon Benny. Um, obviously, Chris Jenkins will not be. Uh, that That's a big loss, right? That's another group where I like a couple of the recruits coming in, but we're not. And even the couple of the recruits they had last year with Cam Brandt and Trey Pierce, who could come up and contribute. But we saw Michigan offer, excuse me, Offer a player pretty early in this cycle, Josh, and that, that's Joey Slackman. Yep. Uh, really, really good defensive tackle from the Ivy League over at Penn. Yep. Yeah, I think they have a great shot there, too. Uh, you know, he really likes the staff, really likes the program. Uh, he's coming in this weekend for a visit. Uh, I don't believe it's finalized yet, but I think it's going to be Friday to Sunday. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll, I'll finalize that. But um, yeah, you know, a guy that was all Ivy League, um, you know, if you if you're looking in the in the portal and you saw a, a Thor Griffith out of from from Harvard that that was really wanting a Michigan or Ohio State offer, you end up going to Louisville. Um, yeah, either one offered. Yeah. Yeah. They're very similar in terms of production and size a little bit Thor Griffiths on a little bit of the heavier side, but Slackman is, is very similar in the, uh, in terms of output and size, all, uh, Ivy league selection in 22. Um, I believe I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he had like 30 something tackles and five sacks this year. Um, as a, as a, I believe he was a defensive tackle and, um, he might be an edge player. I can't, I can't recall which one off the top of my head right now, but he's on the defensive line. Uh, but I expect Michigan to be sitting pretty highly after that visit. I'm not expecting an immediate pull the trigger or anything like that of, of a commitment, but it would not be surprising at all if if they add him to the transfer portal class once his visit wraps up. Um, he doesn't really seem to be in much of a hurry to get it done either, but uh, I, I like his game a lot. I think he fits right into what, Michigan likes and with their defensive linemen, physical guys uh, that can that can get to the quarterback, that can create pressure. Um, so yeah, he's he's one of those guys that could, you could definitely see um, entering, you know, entering the program. He only has one year remaining though, unfortunately. So um, you're only going to get him for a small sample size. So maybe he could fill that kind of that Cam Good role that that he will leave behind after the year, but. Um, yeah, a guy that, that should definitely be on the radar for, for fans out there who want, you know, names out of the portal. He's definitely near the top of that list for sure. I, I don't have anything to add really, Trevor, so <laughs> if, 
you want to move on to Jay Sean Barnum or Upton Stout? I, I don't. Don't. I mean, yeah, not a big uh, Ivy League out. defensive tackle guy. Well, I mean, no, the U Penn Quakers exactly. are seriously I would say, let's be honest. Mason they'll, they'll be fine with Graham and Grant and Benny. Oh, huh? I can't. I, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Graham yeah, and yeah. Grant is juniors. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Jenkins got overshadowed by them this year. I think he did a lot of good things, right? Like, he kind of shot up draft boards because he was showing up on Mozzie Smith tape and he did some things that Mozzie did in terms of more anchoring that, that kind of getting after the quarterback in a pass rush role like Graham and Grant have. But I mean, the athletic ability of Graham and Grant, is just, just another level, man. It's, it's unreal. So Brock, I will do what you're asking and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move on to linebacker and we know Michael Barrett after coming back and being the old man again, <laughs> we'll we'll be moving on. Uh, we don't know about Junior Colson. Um, I, I think there's good arguments for, for both ways. Um, Colson right now kind of projects as like an off-ball linebacker in the NFL, which used to be a really, really big deal. The NFL is going after those guys like crazy, and now they aren't so much anymore. So he might be in kind of this weird little bubble area where he might have to come back and get bigger yet and be more of a big – I, I don't know. I don't know. He's in kind of a weird bubble spot. I could, I could see him going and being a late round pick or being drafted in the second round or whatever. Um, obviously, transfer portal last year, Ernest Hausman from Nebraska comes over. He was the third back this year. He's going to step into Barrett's role. But Michigan, and again, right away, going after. I, I'm very uh, biased to dudes I've seen be good against Michigan before. So yeah. <laughs> when they offered uh, Jayshon Barham from Maryland, I got very excited. So he comes from St. Francis. Uh, very, There's a pipeline there, right? I don't have to tell you. He's a former teammate of Derek Moore, a guy named uh, Blake Corum, and then obviously Pogi being there as well. But um, it, academics is my first question. Right. right? He's a sophomore, but he, yep. he's been on campus and – him and Houseman is very exciting to me. <laughs> so, so tell me it's going to happen is what I'm I'm saying, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think if you were if you are hosting this kid, I mean, you have to feel good about getting the credits to transfer. I mean, right. that's this would be the first case of Michigan getting a sophomore over the line um, that I can think of it's ever awesome. since the portal era. I mean, Michigan does their work with. First year guy, Josiah Stewart. Oh, that's true. He wasn't a grad transfer. Josiah Stewart wasn't. He's only he's a natural junior he's this year. Junior. Ah. All right. Well, yeah, yeah that's I, that's why that was. I remember when he committed. Well, he's not a. He was a junior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. You're right. He was you're a right. freshman in 21, sophomore 22. Yeah. So when yep. he committed, that was like everybody's first like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What did you do, Santa Ono? Like, that was yeah. everybody's thoughts. Like, how in the world did we get a sophomore? Right. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you're hosting him, I mean, you got to feel like Michigan feels good about its chances and, and feels good about getting all that stuff transferred over. So You would hope so. Um, yeah, I, I wish I had more to say on how Michigan feels. I think it looks pretty good right now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of – see i'm hoping to hear back from from people here soon uh because yesterday was the day they i think late yesterday they departed so it's still kind of 
in the in the process. So um, I believe same with Upton Stout too, who we'll talk about here in a minute. But they were both on campus together. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll kind of see. I mean, I think if you're a defensive prospect right now, I mean, and and you're being identified by Michigan, I mean, you you're wanting to get in on this. You know, I think especially if you're a linebacker or a defensive back, I mean, you definitely want to be, you know, you, you definitely want to be in, in on this and you can see how quick the turnaround was for guys like Barham and, and Stout and Slackman too. I mean, he didn't waste any time wanting to set up a visit. So, um, you know, right now, do I think Michigan gets Barham? Probably. Um, I don't know that for a fact. That's kind of just opinion based right now, but yeah, I mean, you got to like adding that kind of potential to, um, to the, to the room, especially like you said, you know, you kind of partial to, to, to seeing people who played well against Michigan before, you know, pick that dude, uh, the, the dude that picked off JJ yeah. McCarthy in the, in the red zone and, and had a really good day. Um, yeah, you, you'd like to, uh, you'd like to add that. And the funny thing too, you know, for, for Maryland, they've lost their top players out of the last three cycles. And I didn't even realize chop Robinson used to play for Maryland. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just a Penn oh, wow. State guy. 2021, mm-hmm. he was Maryland's top prospect or top signee out of their class, and he transferred to Penn State, and we all saw what he became. So, um, yeah, Maryland's being uh, becoming quite a, a feeder program for, for other programs to pick their top <laughs> talent from. So uh, I guess if this works out, thanks, Mike Lostley. We, uh, we appreciate you. I think, I think Barham's a guy that Michigan really, really needs because – Trevor, you mentioned you're going to lose Michael Barrett. I think Junior Colson will probably go. He could come back, but he's played really well, and he, he started since he was a freshman. So, you know, he's a guy who's looking to go to the NFL. If you lose both of them, you've got Ernest Hausman. And after that, Jimmy Rolder, Jaden Hood. Jaden Hood was a guy we heard a lot about in camp. And he, he was rising and rising and rising. And then all of a sudden, he may have been injured to start the year, if I remember right. But he just never really um, never really played up to his potential this season. And, and we all saw what happened with Rolder. He's going to redshirt this year. He was injured uh, a good part of the, the first half of the season. But then he came in for that one play against Ohio State. And everyone kind of saw what happened there as he gave up the, the big play to uh, Cade Stover, I think it was. Uh, yeah, there over the middle, uh, kind of looked like a little bit of a liability out there, and then came off the field. And I'm not sure he got back on. So linebacker is a position where Michigan could be a little thin next year, and I think I think Barham would be a really good pickup. Start him there alongside Ernest Houseman, and then you have guys like Rolder, Jaden Hood, uh, Samaj Bridgman there at linebacker too, Micah Pollard. Um, but uh, overall, a pretty inexperienced group um, heading into 2024. If they don't get Barham, you're really looking at just just Houseman there. If if Colson decides to leave, yeah, I'm, you brought up the names. I do like Pollard. I like Samaj Bridgman a lot. Um, Jason Hewlett's another underrated guy there. Hayden Moore, obviously um, Jeremiah Beasley is coming in. These aren't guys I expect to be Junior Colson next year, right? So you kind of. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I that, that feels like a need, and if you can get a guy like him, like that, that's just really enticing to me. Uh, your average fan asked about Brian Ishmael. He's a guy we thought was going to be a linebacker, 
And then he added 40 pounds in the offseason. So uh, he was, what, 6'3", 262 yeah. <laughs> when he showed up. He, uh, yeah, that so he's, came in like a grown man. Crazy, because we were like, oh, we'll see. You know, I don't know where he's going to plug. He's kind of, oh, okay. So he okay. is going to be an editor because he is a monster just – even when they're not on campus, Ben Herbert and oh, I feel so bad. What's her name? Mm, who does Abigail the diet? Yeah, thank you, thank you, because she deserves a shout out. She does an incredible job. So, as soon as these guys sign that letter of intent and the plans they get them on, and then they show up, and you're like, oh, <laughs> but some of the weight gains from the freshmen this year were unbelievable. So yeah, he's going to be an edge defender. The rate he's going, he might be a defensive tackle. Unbelievable. So <laughs> um, I'm going to put corner and safety together. Um, corner, that the, the need is obvious with, with Mike Sainer still leaving, and then obviously Josh Wallace, the second corner. We saw a lot of guys at different times get run this year. That that second corner battle will basically carry over again into this year. We brought up a Morian Walker. Uh, DJ Waller got some run. Jair Hill. The, the nickel spot, we saw – Jaden McBurrow's become the backup nickel towards the end of the year when they would just move Saner still outside and take Wallace off the field. Um, but right away, again, you know, the guys Michigan has offered Josh, one of my favorite names, Upton Stout. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's been on campus, and you don't have to squint really hard to, to see who they think he could replace. Yeah, no, they like him a lot. Uh, they were a guy – they, he was a guy that they identified immediately out of the portal and wanted to get him in uh, transfer out of Western Kentucky. They, they think he could not necessarily be the next Mike Sainer still, but a guy that they could don't put that on anybody. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I said, I didn't want to say that, but you know, they, it's a guy that it's a guy that they can put multiple hats on and, and multiple responsibilities and say, Hey, go, go do this. And he'll, he'll do that for you. Um, you know, a guy that was injured a little bit last year, only played, he missed about five, about almost half the year with a shoulder injury. I believe it was five games, but, um, he's a, he's a guy that obviously experienced, um, they like him a lot. And, you know, as far as I'm aware, they, they rolled out the, the red carpet for both him and Barham over the weekend, or, you know, at least Sunday or Monday. Um, and, and so, you know, you got to like where, where Michigan sits there. I think he's a guy that will end up in the class, end up with the program. Um, again, opinion, not factual. And I'm hoping to get a better sense of where things stand here moving forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, both, both, um, for my opinion, where things stand right now, I think they go two for two with, with Barham and, and Stout. Um, again, I don't know that for sure. So don't kill me if it goes if it goes south but just the initial feelings heading into the visit they felt like they, they could make some make some moves and you know usually typically when they feel like that heading into a visit the feelings don't really change coming out of it and they only get stronger so um yeah upton stout is a guy that that i really like i like his game a lot it reminds me a lot of mike Seymour still obviously not the not the mike Seymour. he's not gonna be they're Mike Stanger still, you know, it's, it's, but it's a guy that can do the, do that role, wear multiple hats that you can throw out there and kind of rely on. If we Again, we've talked about earlier. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I just want to, I just want to talk to this freaking moron Stu here. Stu, 
you're a, you're a dickhead. Get out of here. Look at these doofuses. You're, you, you don't even use a real name. Bedazzle. What a moron. You can bedazzle this. Um, <laughs> get out of here. Stew. Stupid name. No offense to all the stews. Only that stew has a stupid name. Stupid dance. Sit, oh, sit and spin, pal. I, I, I just said it and I got it. Say yeah. his name. Say the name. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I didn't get it. Said what I said. Yeah. Sit and spin on it, pal. <laughs> Again, I, I want to. It was definitely uh, a lot more prevalent during, you know, when the media was freaking out and stuff. But I can't think. Michigan State and Ohio State fans enough for what they've done, boosting our algorithm and, and really helping us get our platform out there the last few months. You guys have been amazing. Yeah. So thank you. Well, um, yeah, like that guy a couple weeks ago that that paid <laughs> us money to troll us. Like, thanks for the money, yeah. you moron. Like, cool, thanks. I'll take the money. It, it's the same people that boycott stuff by burning things they've already purchased. Yeah. I've like, never understood that. Like, thanks oh, for the you, money. You showed them, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Okay. Yes, I remember. So we talked about earlier. I like Jaden McBurrows. I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. He can play that nickel role. He can come up and be in physical in the run game. Asking him to be Mike Sainer still is not fair. Right. Right. So if I can bring in Upton Stout, then. I now have the ability to, whether from a committee approach, replace Mike Sainer still, because with both of them, I feel good, right? We know Michigan loves rotating. Or guess what? Stout pushes McBurrows. He gets better. We know how Michigan feels about competition, right? So that move makes a lot of sense to me. Brock, sorry, I cut you off. That's all right. I think Upton Stout's a really, really good replacement for Mikey Sainer still. And the secondary is really a position where I'm not as worried going into next year as yeah. – you know, linebacker and, and wide receiver and maybe some other positions just because they don't rotate nearly as much in the secondary as they do at linebacker, at least from what I've seen. It seems like in these really important games late in the season, Ohio State, uh, Penn State, you've got guys like Will Johnson. I know Johnson got hurt against Ohio State, but Will Johnson, Mikey Sainer still, Josh Wallace, all the starting guys, Rod Moore, are, seem to be out there just about every snap. Uh, late late in the game, they're they're playing probably I don't remember all the numbers, but sixty plus snaps right. a game, and you really don't need a whole lot of depth at a position like corner or safety, at, like you do uh, on, on the defensive line, like Michigan likes to rotate and and linebacker things like that. So if you've got Will Johnson, Keon Sab, if Rod Moore if he comes back, Jaden McBurrows, Upton Stout, you've got a lot of guys there that have contributed in the have contributed in the past and could in the future as well. So it's really a position group that isn't too much of a concern. And even if they don't land stout, I still feel like they're in a really good spot. Jaden McBurrows has shown some flashes this year. He had the interception against Michigan state. And so it's, 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 it's a good group. And even if they don't land, land stout, even if Rod Moore leaves, I still feel like they're in, in a really good position. You know you're you know you're a legend when you basically have a role for you in the defense, right? For the future. Yep. The, yep. It, it could, they, they don't even they have a cornerback and then they have Mike Sainer still. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like you know you've, <laughs> well, you've done pretty well with yourself if you've got that going. Because 
we felt that way about Dax Hill in 21, right? Yeah. Um, he wasn't exactly used great before that. And then he comes in and he's this safety nickel hybrid. And we're like, oh, okay. This is how you use a big physical corner because you can put him not necessarily in the box, even though Sainer's still lined up in the box, but like he comes up, he impacts the run game. You can blitz him, yep. right? At, at times this year, Mike Sainer still was grading out as Michigan's best pass rusher, right? Like, <laughs> so it, it is, it's, it's the Dax Hill. And then now it's Mike Sainer still, and you, you hope somebody else can come in and, and be that kind of thing. But again, it might be more of a committee approach. And honestly, that guy at times could be Will Johnson, Right. Yeah. Well, Johnson's a guy that we thought might end up at safety because of his size. And I think Brock, you're right. It starts with, I have Will Johnson and I feel pretty good after that. Right. And yeah. there's some good depth there, but if I, if I could find a piece, like, I don't know if I would have known about stout before him entering the portal, but that's a guy where I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I see where that fits. Um, safety is a little more interesting to me because again, we don't really know the answers to these questions yet, but the big names are obviously Rod Moore and Makari Page. Both can come back whether they do or not. Um, Page has played all four years, but 2020 COVID exemption, right? Rod Moore would be a true senior. Another guy that could come back is Quentin Johnson, who we talked about on after the Ohio State game. Played a lot of snaps this year. At times, graded out. I mean, he, he's up there. He, he There was no drop-off with them this, this year. He had the phenomenal hit in the Ohio State game. I think he's a very valuable piece that comes back. Yeah. And then, obviously, Keon Sab got a lot of run early in the year with the injuries. He's a starter, you know, assuming, you know, more and Page aren't back. And then Zeke Barry is a guy you're happy about as well. Unfortunately, he got hurt. And then we don't talk about him a lot. Brandon Hillman. Mm-hmm really late joined as part of the 23 class, he could be a contributor too. So I guess, I don't know, Josh, if you have any insight on where those, again, we don't know really. Yeah. Ends in terms of NFL decisions, but I think that's another spot where maybe in the spring they're like, eh, yeah, somebody, but right. Yeah. I think it'd be absolutely loaded next year. Right. Right. Yeah. I just, I think, you know, a lot of this stuff is obviously a precursor to what's going to happen after the, uh, after the season's over. So we're kind of really, you know, we're kind of in the, in the weird balance here of like, you know, we're kind of speaking factually, but kind of not speaking factually because we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and I'm sure obviously the coaches know, um, have a decent idea of what they're losing and what they're not losing. I mean, there may be some surprise, uh, departures to the portal. They may, I mean, they may not know who's coming and going from the, uh, the NFL yet too. So, you know, there's, there's still that element too, where, you know, that these decisions have to happen in order to, um, you know, kind of figure out what they're going to do next. I mean, a lot of these, um, you know, portal, uh, offers and, and visits are, you know, you can look and say, okay, this makes sense because they need depth here, but you know, for a position like a running back or, um, heck even a tight end, uh, you know, that they, they could have a need for a tight end if, if, um, if uh, Barnum doesn't come back, yeah, a uh, Barner, excuse me, Barnum, Barner comes back. So there's still so much to 
uh, go through. So this is a, still a very early process for Michigan and obviously for us too, because we have to kind of stiff through the depth chart at the same time. So, um, yeah, and, and I do want to, <laughs> I want to shout out our guy, Jimmy, Jimmy H again. He's, he's on it, man. He's on it. Thank you for the, uh, for your donation. It's greatly appreciated. Um, and any, say and I, my name, Josh. Yeah. I'm still <laughs> not going to save your name, say your name. Um, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate it. Any NIL expansion efforts coming this off season? I don't know. I mean, I think the NIL is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with NIL. I mean, you consider what, what Blake Horm just did over the weekend. Yeah, that's not going to get you any key guys, but it's alive and well at Michigan. And I think it's – it's. I'll, we'll say this. JJ will do just fine if he comes back. There's – there's the, the money is there. Just They're just not going to pay for players to, to come there. And, you know, that's it is what it is. It's just something that as much as it pisses – it's going to piss someone off, it's something that has to be accepted because that's just what's going to happen. They're not going to do that. And well, I, I think it's the right strategy. Right. And the money is there. It's not like these guys are getting paid. Like they're actually getting paid. Not right. like, um, you know, someone from, I don't know, UCLA getting promised to be paid and being underwhelmed with what you're receiving. Mm-hmm. You're getting the money at Michigan. It's there. It's tangible. It's it's physical. You can see it. I was there on Saturday. All of that was done with nil money. Right. And and I, JJ wasn't wouldn't, wasn't able to make it, but he made a significant donation to the effort on Saturday. So it's there. It's just they're not going to go the route of hey, we'll give you twenty million a year. To, to, I mean, obviously they're not going to give someone twenty million a year, but they're just saying they'll give you twenty million a year. Here's a bag and a here's a McDonald's bag for you. Like it's just that's just not going to happen, and people have to accept that. And and I'm I'm not calling out Jimmy H here. I'm not saying that you're criticizing nil. I'm just kind of talking in general. Right. Just I don't want to. This is how our minds work. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> off on some random tangent here. Like I'm not criticizing you or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, and and as Let's Toast Media says here, Texas A&M is looking crazy. Exactly. Right. You can pay as much as you want, but if you can't coach a lick, nine. Five stars, nine five stars, and four stars from that historic class in 22 are gone. Right, exactly. If you can't coach a lick, it doesn't matter. Yep. That's 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 it. No, you. This is Michigan's strategy. And look, Will Johnson signed NIL deals the same day he signed his NLI. Yeah. Okay. For the Will Johnsons, the Bryce Underwoods, these guys, they're being presented. NIL options that will exist, the elite of the elite in the recruiting class, right? What they're not going to do is give bags of cash to a four-star edge player because Miami is offering him cash up front. They're not going to do it. One, it still technically breaks the rules. Two, that's not how you build a program and culture. Three, if that's why he's coming to your school, he's probably not going to stay, right? That's why the transfer portal is loaded. What Michigan's doing is finding fits in recruiting. Players that will come in, fit the culture, get developed. Those players that do get developed and do really well, guess what? They get NIL money and they stay. The only players that have been in the portal for Michigan are people that either aren't contributing, aren't going to, got blocked, whatever. You're not seeing Ohio State just lost their starting QB. Yeah. And some of their top recruits, like Michigan doesn't have this problem. 
Then they use NIL in the transfer portal to get established experienced guys to fill gaps and build. Co- I, I just don't get it. They're the number one team in the country. What they're doing is working. You're seeing it fail at other programs. The only school that I think can do what they do with NIL differently than anyone else is Oregon. Oregon has a very unique advantage with uncle Phil, right? Where Oregon can do what Michigan is doing and what Texas A&M is doing and kind of get away with it because they got Nike money, right? No one else can build a program like that. So Sorry, I, I love even then, like Oregon, like eh, they're kind of, eh. you know, I mean, they're good, but they're not great. They're no, but I just, I just mean they're not. When I think of the NIL darlings, when the, the floodgates first opened, yeah, there was four schools. I remember the article that literally said these are the four best ones. It was Texas A&M, Miami, Michigan State and yeah. Oregon and I'm not trading spots with any of them. And three of them have new head coaches and mass exoduses in the transfer portal. So really cool that you rented Lamborghinis and had dudes sit next to goats. How'd that work out for you? Yeah. And pay and pour syrup on carpets. (laughs) Good luck getting that. I feel bad for the cleaners getting that out. What a pain. Brock, do you have anything? (laughs) I, I don't think so. I, no, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> oh this is what josh we didn't have the show sunday we i'm passionate about this because I, I think this is what it is josh and i get asked about this more than anything and it's like just look at the results like if yeah. you think bryce underwood ends up at lsu instead of michigan only because they didn't dangle a bag in front of him you're wrong you're just wrong and and then if that was the only reason he came like I don't know. Look at look at Dante Moore, man. Look at the Dante Moore situation. What else do you need to see? Anyway, and Jim Harbaugh, every chance he gets is speaking for players and revenue share. You know, if you, if you're a player and you're interested in that, there's a coach literally fighting for you, like versus the other coaches who aren't. Harbaugh literally said, "I will make less money if I have to share revenue for players." Like. Well, that's what that's what's gonna win nil buddy sign that, sign that contract and then we'll hey oh all right <laughs> okay you guys good another 10 12 minutes we dominate sure. all the transfer portal talk but josh no should, no that's fine yeah no, <laughs> should okay. i explain the syrup on carpets comment ah sure so okay because i know i noticed john mentioned here syrup on carpets so <laughs> Michigan State was doing like this, you know, the the stupid propaganda photos with the with the recruits coming in on visits or whatever. And one of them was was offensive linemen pouring Pancakes. maple syrup over pancakes. And it was just on a carpet and on a plate and it was just pouring it all over the carpet and the plate and it just looked like a total mess and I don't know why you do that without a like a lining on the floor so you don't have to clean the carpet. So Anyway, that was the syrup on carpet. Don't make a Mel Tucker joke. Don't make a Mel Tucker joke. Okay. Uh, real quick, James <laughs> asked Walter Nolan news. Uh, I would say, yes, he won't leave the SEC. That's the news. <laughs> right? I'd be surprised. I mean, uh, yeah. maybe Michigan reaches out, maybe, but yeah, I don't I don't know. That that would be a that would be a pretty big jump to get to Michigan from where he's at right now. So um, maybe, I, I mean, I, I won't, I'll never say never, but I would be, 
I would love to know between the players in 22 and 23 that have left and then Jimbo's buyout, how yeah. much? Because the estimates were, what, $30 million for that 22 class? Yeah, something ridiculous. Just setting money on fire. That program's <laughs> insane. They've won more than nine games once in, like, 30 years. That Sumlin yeah. year with Menzel, I think. Like, oh. And they have the most resources. That stadium has just exploded in recent years. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Okay, so two things real quick. Actually, no, one. We're, we're not going to talk about – Michigan did return – to practice this week. We got a couple days in. Um, Josh has some updates on what he's hearing early on about Sean Moore and the offense and just some vibe around Michigan's practice leading into Bama. Go over to michigan.rivals.com. You can get in the den and see some of that intel. Um, otherwise, moving forward, we're, we're going to start to get into some of the more Alabama preview. Um, some of us have we talked about it. We've all kind of started to look at it, but I, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on that game yet and, and waste yeah. your guys' time. So we're going to finish with basketball, though, and, and address what, what happened this weekend, Josh, which is Michigan plays Iowa, wins the game. There, there, there's still this awkward situation where, where Juwan Howard is an assistant coach because he, he apparently hasn't been cleared to head coach yet, but it's just weird, right? He came in as a spectator and got ejected. So then they make him an assistant coach. Um, obviously Phil Martelli has been the head coach. And then there was a moment at the end of the game where him and Saudi had kind of a weird moment as well. But as soon as the game ends, some crypt, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, just, just what a mess. Just, oh, okay. The conversation for another day. Fair enough. So some, some cryptic tweets start going up and, a rumor we had heard explodes. Yeah, that's what we're doing at Sunday night at 10 o'clock. So anyway, people noticed that assistant coach Sanderson, who, who handles the strength program, if you're not familiar with him, you should be. The, the guy's been amazing for this program for a while, was not at the game. And the rumors that were out there, because let's be clear, we're, we're not trying to predict the future of how this is going to be handled. This is being reviewed, right? But the rumors that were out there that Josh was forced to chase down and dispel was that Jawan Howard punched Sanderson, physically assaulted him, and that he was going to resign or be fired by Monday, right? Which, again, if that had occurred, him being there at the Iowa game would have been really bizarre. Right. So mm -hmm. again, Josh, knowing full well that this review could come back and, and with, with Howard's zero tolerance policy, that this could still be problematic knowing you're not here to predict the future. Can you give some clarity uh, on facts and fiction in terms of what we're hearing from Michigan and, and Josh isn't ever going to reveal sources, <laughs> obviously. And, he obviously trusts his sources and confirms multiple, right? So I will say this for him. This is as good as it gets <laughs> in terms of where he got this from. Okay, so go ahead, Josh. Um, yeah, so, so it didn't happen. The punch didn't happen. There was no striking of another person. Um, there was a uh, 
uh, an incident, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. It was there was an incident on. Thursday. I think it's fair to say confrontation. There, yeah, there was a confrontation, a conflict. And maybe on, somebody wants to deem physical in terms of being in personal space. Right. Yes. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. it. It there was physical. It was physical to a sense where two alpha males going at it face to face nose to nose chest to chest or whatever that that happened but no one got punched out no one got struck it wasn't it wasn't to the point where it was going to be blows thrown it was just two passionate people going at it going at it um that sounded horrible real bad not like that they didn't do that uh creeps let let's toast toast is in here toast cut that for me send it to me later (laughs) (laughs) they were getting it on they're passionate verbal in a verbal conflict um so yeah to 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 kind of summarize what your average fan is saying here so it was a dick measuring contest yeah it was <laughs> I mean, the it, people you spoke to were like, "What it, is going on? It, it Why is this story?" Match. It was a pissing match from just just from people more competitive people. It yeah. it shouldn't it shouldn't have been that big of a deal. I don't know how the hell it got out the way it did. I mean, this kind of stuff happens all the time with teams. Teammates are going to go at each other. There's, there's, I guarantee you, there was a fight during the, uh, during training camp between players that are not a fight, but like a, like a scuffle uh, and and during football camp or during the football training camp. So um, it's, this whole thing is so stupid. It's, it, it should have never gotten out in the first place because A, it's not as serious as you think it is because Michigan isn't making a statement about it. They're not suspending anyone. I mean, yeah, not the, the program, the athletic department isn't suspending anyone right now. I mean, obviously it's got to go through the, the review, which is standard procedure, by the way, this isn't something that is like, Oh, we have to review this. It's right. standard procedure. Um, I don't know what's going to happen from the procedure, they're going to get both sides of the, of the story and go through this whole thing. It's done by the university itself, not the athletic department. So they have to do that. I don't know. Obviously uh, Howard's on the, uh, the uh, zero tolerance policy from the Wisconsin thing. So that I think muddies the water probably more than it should, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't say you can't be doing this because this kind of stuff happens all the time in, in programs. You know, I know for a fact, I heard from someone over the weekend that um, Eric Musselman from Arkansas charged at one of his uh, assistants during a practice last year. And now that assistant is coaching in D2. He's a head coach in D2. So, it, I mean, it happens like this, this stuff isn't like just, a Juwan Howard problem. I mean, yeah. Do you, do you not get face to face with your assistants? Yeah. I mean, I'm not getting in face to face arguments with Trevor. I mean, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. I'm taller than you though. Well, whatever. Face to nipple, <laughs> whatever. I don't care. But I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the situation and what I know the story and there's half truths out there and I'm not going to get into the the story because it's a none of my business B it doesn't, it's irrelevant. 
And yes, it was in front of the players. It was during practice. It was right towards the end of practice. So I say, I don't know what you feel comfortable answering, but yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. So we'll kind of see. I mean, do I expect anything to come from this? I don't know. I mean, no one I spoke to was concerned. I mean, the first thing I heard from when I called the someone to, to confirm it goes, he goes, dude, what the F is going on right now? I just landed. And because yeah. the whole thing broke loose while they were flying home from Iowa. I don't know why the, the proverbial poop hits the fan when they, when Michigan teams are on planes, but <laughs> it happened. So I, I don't know. I, it, do I expect something to happen? Probably not. Who knows? I mean, this whole thing is just incredibly dumb. I don't know how it got out of control like it did. Um, and, 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 you know, say what you will about Juwan Howard and the direction of the basketball program and stuff. I think that's a entirely separate argument to this. And, uh, and let's be honest. That's if you as a fan are being honest as well. I'll Brock, I'm going to tee you up in a second on some other sides of this. Well, but. that thing too, if, if this was John Beeline, people wouldn't care hundred percent winning. That's if the thing. They're, too. they're struggling. That's right. right. So but at in the, the same, same way, time, every, I will defend though, Howard, there has a history there. I mean, the Wisconsin well, thing is what real, I was gonna, and it's a problem. Yeah. And that's what mm-hmm. I was going to tell. That's what I was going to get Brock to. So we'll, we'll get to that part in a second, the context of the zero tolerance and just Howard in general. But I do want to say if, if the stallion scandal came out in 2019, everyone wanted Jim Harbaugh gone. Then would have wanted Jim Harbaugh gone. Right. We went to bat for him as fans went to bat for him because he's winning. That's just true, man. And if this program was running on all cylinders right now, you you might not care as much or be as quick to say he's got to go. That being said, devil's advocate, whatever it wants to be the context of it. You had the physical altercation with Wisconsin. You had the um, double technical ejection, the Big Ten Tournament 21 with Mark Turgeon. Mm -hmm. And his comments after that were very much like, hey, I came from Chicago. Like, you stand up for yourself. Like, that was just – that was the position he took. Um, A game against North Carolina – he was held back by a couple of the players at one point arguing with refs. And you saw him kind of look at his players and say something to him as well. And again, I'm with you, Josh. I tweeted something and ended up having to delete it because of the rumors going around about McCaffrey at Iowa never gets this treatment and is constantly berating refs. And you hear these things about him and like the stare down he had with the ref or whatever last year. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. That being said, that exists right the 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 zero tolerance policy brock coming out of that wisconsin altercation which that was very public right um suspended for five games misses the end of the year comes back for for the tournament um i think the other layer of this is the the potential of look we all heard the rumors of bias towards his children last year with jet right and and that's another element of this depending on the full context of, of Sanderson and Jason, everything. Again, we don't want to get into it too much. That's why there's a review, the full context of it. But 
again, the people around the program that Joss have talked to, and again, without getting too deep into it, these, these are people very, 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 very much in the know. We're not expecting much to come out of this. We're kind of surprised it became a story, but that being said, Brock, I mean, I'm sure you have your own thoughts. So I'll let you say what you want to say, but like, look, there's a lot of sentiment that people just want him gone at this point. Is that fueling? You know what I mean? Like what, what part of that conversation with, again, not the context of just winning and losing, right? Like, I I think that's a big piece of it for some fans, whether they want to admit it or not, but the context of the previous outbursts is, is it fair? I mean, the zero tolerance thing is there, but to Josh's point, I mean, Tom Izzo, like, are we, is, is Jawan Howard really the only coach that like has to be held back or gets ejected or, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, there, obviously there are a lot of other coaches that have some sort of outburst occasionally. Right. And I, I and Jawan's no exception, obviously. I do think though, Trevor, you brought up a good point. This would be a lot different if Michigan was winning, if they were eight and two, nine and one through 10 games instead of five and five. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Juwan came in in, in 2019 and he was expected to be a an elite recruiter and, and bring in the, these top 10 players in basically every recruiting class. And and he did in 2021, he brought in Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate and, um, you know, it didn't, did he didn't throw really turn out. I don't think Brock gets that reference. <laughs> I, oh no, don't. you don't. Oh my you god. You don't get the I reference. Don't. Oh my god. No. Did it happen when he was a player? No, Bobby Knight. Oh, Bobby Knight. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. Or wait, are we talking about something different? That's what I was thinking of. Bobby Knight was historic. I mean, he choked players. He was like <laughs> terrible rest in peace but like <laughs> it, it it's just always it's just always funny like again the, the context of these conversations and there have been some really violent basketball i mean literally violent basketball coaches more so than other sports but you know how woody hayes was fired for grabbing a was it clemson yeah. Play? like yeah. yeah but anyway but yeah i mean if michigan was was winning and and this kind of stuff was happening and it'd be looked over. I think another thing I want to quickly address is that um, brief little thing there at the end of the Iowa game with Phil Martelli and Saudi Washington, Trevor, I know you brought it up Um, very quickly. I think Michigan was up by 18 Mm -hmm. with a minute or so to go. I believe it was uh, Peyton Sanford of Iowa hit, hit a triple. He hit a three dropped the deficit to 15. He stole the inbounds pass or some Iowa player stole it. Sanford hit another three, dropped it to 12. Michigan called a timeout with like 45 seconds left. And at this point, the the announcers are saying Michigan needs to get the starters back in. They had the walk-ons in. Michigan's got to get the starters back in, you know, just secure the win and get out of there. Don't let any any more bleeding happen. And the camera was perfectly shot right on, on Saudi Washington, who was sitting on the bench and Phil Martelli, who was standing up. And you could tell Washington was telling Martelli exactly what the announcers were thinking to get the starters in inbound, the ball, get fouled and hit the free throws and get out of there. And Martelli just kind of turns away from him and, and gives him, gives him like a, I don't care what you have to say gesture with his hand. And, 
the walk-ons went back in, if I remember correctly, and, and obviously Michigan won. But it was a very strange interaction between the two Michigan assistants. And in that camera shot, Juwan Howard is nowhere to be seen, um, which I also thought was kind of weird. Obviously, I know he's supposed to be a, a spectator. and, and Well, he's an assistant like coach now. But just <laughs> assistant, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. Even still, though, as as the guy who's supposed to be the head coach, um, I don't know. It's just such a strange interaction right now with with the Michigan coaches, and obviously the program's not in the best spot, and not in a spot a lot of fans probably thought it would be five years into the Juwan Howard era. I I feel for him, right? I mean, obviously he had a very serious surgery and not being around his team has got to be really hard. And look, the, the part that nobody's talking about now, cause the story took over, they played pretty well against Iowa. <laughs> that was a yeah. good win right there. This didn't look like a team that was having um, a tense dynamic. Right. And then we talked about too, while we were texting about the story, Michigan posted the locker room hail to the victor celebration and Jawan's right there. Yeah. With them, right. So like, I don't know. I know there again, we'll see. And I, I think all the context matters, obviously um, in terms of the, the previous incidents and, and, and then obviously how Sanderson feels, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that's probably part of it too. Josh also reported, he said, Hey, I'm just going to take a few days, right? This could end up being similar to um, an argument you have with a spouse or a close friend or something, right? Just a, a disagreement, or it, it could be something, bigger than that. We'll, we'll have to see um, how people feel or perceive about it, but just to see how quickly that spun out again with the, the physical assault allegations and, and Oh my God, Michigan again, it's just, just a reminder of what a hellscape social media can be. Like I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of people that can, <laughs> avoid it. Cause like, I I'm talking to people that have no idea this is even happening. Right. Like, and sometimes that happens where we have to go to the message board. We have to go to the den and be like, Hey guys, here's what you're hearing. Let's, let's inform you. And a lot of them are like, what? <laughs> like have no idea that it's even going out there. So yeah. just interesting how those stories and real quick to defend Brock. Somebody said like, Oh, I can't believe you didn't get that reference. I looked it up. Brock was born the year that Bobby Knight started his first year at Texas tech. <laughs> so I didn't even know he coached at Texas Tech. So uh after Indiana. I yeah. Thought he, I he was there for Indiana quite guy. a few years and then his kid took over. And yep. yeah. Um Jesus, Derek. All right, I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> um <laughs> let's finish on that, right? So all right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, any for those of you joining us. For those of you joining us late, we uh, spent a lot of time talking about the transfer portal and uh, Michigan's potential targets and then NFL decisions that are looming. But obviously that's just beginning. So um, we've got that going on. And then signing day about a week away, we've, we've started our work to get our signing day hub ready to go to have all the content ready as guys are signing their national letters of intent. Um, potential flips, things like that. There's going to be a lot of intel. So if you're not a subscriber already, which I know folks like Derek are, make sure you head over to michigan.rivals.com backslash sign up 
please join us. We'd, we'd love you to be a member of our community. Come in the den, continue the conversation that's happening here over there, and then obviously get access to Josh's Intel and then our premium content leading up to Michigan, Alabama, Rose Bowl playoff. It's so weird. It feels like it's a long time away, but I know yeah. like it's going to be Christmas and then, ah, here we are, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to come quick. But So for our regular viewers, thank you for joining us on a Saturday. Sorry, it was kind of a weird weekend. We'll, we'll try and stick to it. You say thank you for joining us on a Saturday? On a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> My goodness gracious me. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be, that'd be great if it was. Well, actually, no, I would rather not be doing a podcast on a Saturday night, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Yeah, it's it is Tuesday. Tuesday. I thought today was Wednesday all day, to be fair. And then I found out to, it was Tuesday and I was kind of disappointed, but it's all right. Does it matter at this point? No, all the days. Just, like, what's the difference, man? One day closer to our deaths. That's that's it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's depressing. One day, one day closer to our sad and lonely demise. We're also one day closer to the Rose Bowl college football playoff matchup with Michigan and Alabama. Make sure you head over to michigan.rounds.com. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I haven't talked to Toski, but I'm hoping we're going to be able to do a Alabama film breakdown as well. Pink Floyd lyric quote. What, where? Hit me, Sam. I need a Pink Floyd quote. Um, Did I say something remotely close to Pink Floyd? I don't know what you said. One day closer to our demise? One. If I did, it was a total accident. <laughs> I'm a massive. Wait, do I have? Oh, yeah, here. Somebody will get this. I'm a massive. A guitar. Yeah, it's a guitar. No, it's it's. Very, I get it. It's you very specifically. It. It's very specifically modeled after David Gilmore's Fender Black Strat from Pink Floyd. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoo. We gotta stop doing these hour and forty minute shows. It's too much. Because I'm a mess by the end of it. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I already said go to the website, michiganrivals.com. Like and subscribe, notification bell for when we go live on the YouTube channel. Otherwise, as always, thanks for joining us on another episode of Hail to the Podcast.